What's up, everybody? Anton Crayley here from Ecommerce Lifestyle. And as always, I hope you are doing well, staying healthy, making money, and just getting through this to the best of your ability. So in today's podcast, what I'm going to do is elaborate a little bit on what we talked about in the last episode. Now, if you remember, that episode was all about setting smart goals for your e-commerce store. And one of the goals that I was talking about is your conversion rate. And if you haven't listened to that, by the way, I'm going to link to it in the description so you can go back and check it out because I go deep into it. But I was talking about how your conversion rate from qualified traffic should be at least two and a half percent, meaning for every hundred visitors you get, two and a half of them should buy. And like I said in that episode, one of the things that's going to determine if this is true for your business is the quality of that traffic. So how good are the visitors that are coming to your store? How ready and how qualified are they to buy? Now, that's the first part of it. It, right? That's why we're elaborating now, because the second part of it is what happens when they actually click your ad. What happens when they're looking at your product page? Because if your page isn't optimized for conversions, then it doesn't matter if they land there because they're not going to buy. So what I'm going to do in today's episode is actually share 15 different tips with you that are all designed to help you optimize your store for conversions. So it's a lot. But with that being said, I do want to let everybody know if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, this is a ton of information. Yeah, that's great. And it's designed to be. And if you already have a store, you should be able to kind of follow along and implement. But if you have a store and you feel lost even after this, or if you haven't built a store yet and you're just getting started, my advice is to go to dropshipwebinar.com. I have a free training there. It's two and a half hours long. It's a really good starting point. And I also make a special offer there for my online coaching program, which is called Dropship Lifestyle. So again, that's dropshipwebinar.com. With that being said though, let's get into this episode and get started with tip number one. And tip number one is before anything even happens, before you decide what type of product you wanna sell. This, without this, nothing else matters. So tip number one is that speed does matter. Again, it doesn't matter what's on your product page if somebody clicks one of your paid ads and doesn't stick around long enough to even see what you have because they see a little spinning thing or they see a white screen and they think, oh, this site's broken, I'm going to leave. So if your website isn't optimized for speed, you're simply going to miss out on a large portion of visitors that could turn into customers. And the way I want you to think about this is it doesn't matter when you're on your computer, your laptop at home, where you have great internet and your site loads like that. The way you want to think about this is for the person that is sitting on a subway in New York, they are now on a 3G connection because everybody around them is on their phones and they click your ad because those people exist. It does make up traffic, whether they're on that New York subway or they're in a state in the middle of nowhere where their home service is bad and they're on their phone, you need your site to work for those people. So the first thing that you want to do to kind of evaluate where you currently are with your speed is use a free tool from Google. It is called Page Speed Insights. I'll post a link to that in the description as well. And you'll go there and you'll just paste your URL. You should also do this, by the way, for your product pages. But what it's going to do is give you a score. And if your score is not perfect, which it won't be, it's going to show you what things are causing your site to slow down. And those are the things that you can go on and make changes to to get your speed up so that people can actually see your stuff. Now, what are some things that can cause your site to slow down? Well, just know this. If you're using Shopify, which is the platform that we use and that we recommend, 
your store on its own is gonna be lightning fast. Shopify is extremely fast. Their hosting is amazing. But as you add things on top of their hosting platform, that's what can cause slowdowns. Again, Google will tell you what's causing yours, but things like poorly coded themes, if you have a theme from a developer that maybe isn't the best coder, or they added a bunch of what's known as bloat to the code, and they didn't code it as clean as possible, that's gonna cause your site to be slower. If you have a bunch of apps installed from the Shopify app store, and some of those are poorly coded, same thing. It's gonna make your site slow. Even if you don't have poorly coded apps, but you have so many apps, when Google or whoever is trying to visit your site, no matter where they are, all of these apps are trying to load in the background, and the more you have, the slower it will be. So what you really wanna do is use a theme that's extremely fast, the Dropship Lifestyle Shopify theme, by the way, it's only available to members of our program, but the Dropship Lifestyle Shopify theme is extremely fast, uh, again, without a bunch of apps added onto it. So I recommend that. Now, another thing that you need to pay attention to, again, Google will tell you this if it's a problem on your site, is if you have media files that are too large. For example, if your images or even videos aren't optimized for the internet, then it's gonna cause a big slowdown because the bigger the file size, the more work the internet has to do to make that thing load on somebody's screen. So again, look at what Google recommends, look at those tips I just gave you, implement that, and once you do it, your site will be extremely fast, and then we can move on to what you should actually do on your product pages so that once people do see it, they can buy from you. So the way that I kind of laid this out is visualizing a e-commerce store and starting at the top and kind of working our way down um, left to right, top to bottom, left to right. So if you're following along, that's how I'm gonna go through different elements of your product page. So the first one for tip number two, is to have a sticky header bar. What does that mean? Well, if you go to any websites and you see that there's a bar across the top that has some text on it, sometimes a link, that is known as a header bar. And if you scroll through a website and you see that thing stick to the top of the page, that's known as a sticky header bar. Now, we like to use these because we want to display a specific message to everybody that's visiting our store, and we want them to see it no matter what product page they're on, and we want them to see it as they're scrolling through our product pages. So what we put in our header bars are different offers that have expiring dates. So for example, it might be a 10% off coupon code and what the visitor might see there, again, no matter where they are as they're scrolling, is something like save 10% on all orders with coupon code save 10. And then this is important too, it has to have an expiration date. So there's urgency, say something like expires, you know, whatever, Monday, May 5th, I have no idea if that's a Monday, 2020 at 11.59 p.m. EST. So whatever that is, choose your offer. It should be universal, so it's a coupon code that anybody can use and that follows people throughout the website. That will get the people that were thinking, oh, maybe I'll come back next week to buy this, to buy it sooner rather than later, because that urgency is there. Okay, tip number three is having a small and clean logo. So you don't need some huge fancy thing. Uh, if you look at some of the biggest companies in the world, their logos are like plain text and like this tiny. So the reality is visitors don't care about your logo. And as somebody that not only builds tons of stores myself, but sees 
probably thousands of stores now for members of Dropship Lifestyle. There's been so many times that I've went to their websites and seen these huge circle logos that have like their tagline, uh, you know, their store name and image. And what these things do, first of all, is just draw the eye to them for no reason, but they also push down everything else on that product page. And again, nobody cares about that. And if that's gonna make the important stuff much lower, you're losing attention from the eyes. So make your logo simple, make your logo clean, make it small. It shouldn't distract people and it shouldn't move the important content further down the page. Now, the next thing, tip number four, is to include a phone number in your header. So depending on what theme you're using or how your store is laid out, you can decide where on the header it is. But we always like to have our phone numbers up there so that when someone's on our store, they kind of see it front and center. It's not some huge thing, but it's there. And the reason it's there, even though most people never call, is just to build that confidence because we don't have huge brand names that everybody knows. So people we know are thinking like, well, can I even trust this company? And by having the phone number there, at least they see it's there if they ever need to call or want to call. And for those people that do want to call to place an order, they can do just that. And it's easy to find. So moving on from that, we'll go to tip number five, where we're still up in that header menu. But now specifically, I wanna talk about navigation, your navigation menu in the header. And this should be very simple and easy. So. Another thing I see all the time when I'm reviewing stores is people put like all these distracting links up there. For example, links to a Facebook page or Twitter account or Instagram or YouTube. You wanna think of every visitor on your website as somebody that's about to buy and making that decision. And there's no reason why you should have a huge link in your header saying, hey, go to our Facebook page. You don't want that, you want them to buy. So I recommend using what are known as nested menus and keeping them as simple as possible. So the things that maybe you want, you should think about this for you, like what's important to, to show off there. But some things that I recommend are one link that says shop. If somebody clicked that, it would go to all collections but if they hovered over that, it would show all of the different collections on Shopify. So that's what I mean by nested. It's not all shown until they hover over it. And then when they hover over it, it'll show all of the subcategories or collections on Shopify. If you have a really good About Us page, you can have your About Us page linked there. If you have a lot of reviews, you can have reviews linked up there and then a contact page. But again, you don't want you know 50 links across the screen to things that aren't gonna help people make a decision to buy. So for you, decide what's important for your visitors and decide what will lead them to making that sale or buying from you and use those links in your header menu. So let's move on now to tip number six. There's actually more tips than I thought. Okay, we have 16 tips. So tip number six is your product images. So if you're following the dropship lifestyle model and you're selling expensive items, and by the way, if you're not, again, you need to go to dropshipwebinar.com, link in the description, check that out. But what you need to do is, if you're selling expensive items, is make sure your customers can actually see what they're gonna buy and be confident in that that's the right thing for them before giving you $1,000, $2,000, $5,000 to buy the thing. So I wrote down some tips here I'll share with you for your images. First tip, do not upload one small low resolution image, you know, some little thing that people can't even make out what it is, where it's literally just one photo. Not only does that look scammy, but it doesn't give the visitor enough of a visual to decide, should I actually pay money for this thing? Uh, another thing that you don't want to do is upload massive image files. So when 
your supplier sends you the files of images. Sometimes they send these things that are like 20 megabytes big that are print quality. You do not want to upload those directly to your Shopify product pages. You can, but if you do that, they're going to load super slow. Some people won't even get them all to load at all. And it's just going to make customers not happy. So what you want to do is get all of your images from your suppliers and optimize them to the correct resolution and DPI dots per inch for Shopify. So, um, I'm not gonna go into detail into that. There's apps in Shopify that'll do that for you. You can also do it yourself with a program like Canva or Photoshop, but just make sure they're optimized. And the way that you can know if they're not is you're literally gonna see in Google PageSpeed Insights that your site is extremely slow and it'll show you it's because of the images. Uh, some other things you should do in regards to images. First is ask your suppliers for any additional images that they might have on file. So they'll send you the stock images at first that all your competitors get to, but maybe they also have some images from a trade show that they attend and exhibit at. Maybe they have images of some products from in their warehouse. Maybe their company was previously mentioned in some trade publications and they have images that they used for that or some advertisements they did. You want to try to collect all of those images so you can put them on your product pages and have unique content there. Um, another thing that I really recommend is modifying certain images that suppliers send you to kind of zoom in and give customers a perspective that maybe nobody else is giving them that they would want to know. So an example I can give you would be if you were selling 3D printers, right? And your supplier sent you a bunch of high resolution images of the 3D printers and just one of the images was like the back of the thing, right? Well, maybe in that image, there's a part of the 3D printer that has like all of the inputs. So where you plug in, you know, your power or your USB-C or whatever else you'd be plugging in. What I would do is have that part cropped out. So like the inputs, and I would make that an additional image on my product page for that product. Again, trying to think about what do your customers want to see, what would help them make a buying decision, and then modifying your images so that they give the customer what they want. So another thing I would recommend is as you start getting sales, make sure you're reaching out to all of your customers and trying to get images from them of the product in their home, in their business, wherever it is. And if the images are good, add those to your product pages as well. Again, you want things that are unique that will help you stand out from your competitors. So. Let's move on to tip seven. This is a really simple one, but what you wanna do here is make sure you're using strike through pricing. So you've probably seen this on most e-commerce stores. There is a price, there is a strike through, through the middle of it. Then there's the actual price that it's being sold for. So when you're approved with suppliers, they're gonna give you MSRP, Manufacturer's Suggested Retail Price, and they're gonna give you MAP, Minimum Advertised Price. You wanna use MSRP as the strike through price and MAP as the actual price you're gonna sell it for. That just gives customers or visitors that extra you know, good feeling of, oh, this thing's normally 1300, but I'm gonna get it for 999 or whatever MAP is. Next tip, tip number eight. This is something you should only do for products that you sell well, where stock is limited. But what I want you to do on those product pages are show how many units remain in stock. If there's only four units left of one of your best-selling products, that should be shown off on that product page because that's going to add in that extra scarcity that's going to get the visitors to buy it sooner rather than later because they want one that is in stock. So moving forward, tip number nine is about your add to cart button. Again, reviewing so many sites, I've seen these stores where their logo is light gray and their text is 
you know, the typography is some shade of gray. Then their add to cart button is light gray and you can't even see the thing. So what you want to do with your color on the add to cart button is make sure it's something that has contrast. Make sure it's something that pops. If you do this, this is like an easy test to do, but if you pull up your store on your computer, just sit like five feet back and squint. And like the one thing you should see is that add to cart button. That thing should pop. It should be extremely visible. visible. Okay, so moving on now, tip number 10. This one really helped our conversion rates, something you should do as well. This is show off your estimated arrival dates on your product pages also, because one thing that people are thinking about before they pull the trigger in order is when is this thing actually gonna show up at my house? And if you have estimates of that based on your suppliers, you can use custom code. We actually give this to you inside of our training program inside of Dropship Lifestyle. So if you're a member, go check that out. If you're not, remember, go to dropshipwebinar.com. But what this does is allow every visitor to see in real time the, an estimated window of when the product would arrive at their home. So they don't have to ask you, they don't have to think, when will I get this thing? They just know, then they're more likely to add to cart, complete that purchase. So show that off. Again, we do that with custom code that we give you inside of Dropship Lifestyle. So tip number 11, customer reviews. When you are building your product pages, you want to show off star reviews. What I mean by that are where people can rate the products from one to five stars and then leave a message with what they liked, what they didn't like. In the beginning, when you don't have any sales, you need to kind of get the ball rolling and kick this off. So my advice is to reach out to your suppliers, ask them if they do have any existing reviews, any that you can use on your store, on their product pages. And if they give you them, add them to those product pages. And then of course, as th sales start coming in, you wanna build into your follow-up sequences via email, a part where you're requesting different emails, uh, sorry, requesting different reviews and asking people to rate their purchase and rate the product. So I give you those email templates again, inside of Dropship Lifestyle. So if you're a member, um, just check that out. If you're not, go to dropshipwebinar.com. Now, tip number 12 is tabbed descriptions. So what I mean by this is after somebody's on your store, they see the price, they're seeing the add to cart button, they're seeing how many are left in stock if it really is limited, they are seeing the estimated arrival date. And then instead of just hitting them with like a wall of text for your product description, we like to use tabs so that people can get all the information they need on the product page without leaving. And again, make that decision, do I wanna buy or do I not? So the first tab is the actual description. And here is where you're modifying whatever your supplier sent to you as the stock description. Description. I've talked about this a lot in the past, so I'm not going to go into detail about how to rewrite them, but basically you want to turn their features into benefits. You want to rewrite it in a way that speaks to your ideal customer. You want to rewrite it in a way that leads to the sale. Again, I go deep into this in the Dropship Blueprint. So if you're a member of Dropship Lifestyle, uh, you're covered on how to do that. Now, the next tab that you want to have there is for shipping. So again, you don't want to just have this like go on forever in text, but the person on your store can see the description, then they can click the tab for shipping. This is where you're going to have your shipping policy, how soon orders ship out, how return returns work, should anybody want to return it. 
And again, the benefit of having this there rather than on a separate page on your site is that the visitor does not have to leave the product page uh, to get that information. They can get it right there, make their decision. Now, the next tab that I recommend having is for your price match policy. If you have a price match policy, just have it right there. They can see it, they can feel confident. And finally, if you have a warranty or if your supplier offers warranties for the specific uh, brands you're working with, then you can have that warranty right there as a for tab. Now, moving along to tip number 13, this is about incorporating bonus offers. Again, something I teach exactly how to do inside of Dropship Lifestyle. But if you are following the Dropship Lifestyle system, if you're selling expensive products and you know what your best sellers are, what I want you to do is try to figure out a way to bundle in free bonus gifts so that people are more incentivized to buy from you. So an example would be, let's stick with 3D printers. If you were selling a 3D printer for $2,500, figure out how much the printing material costs, right? And let's just say your cost there is 50 bucks. Well, say on that product page, when you buy XYZ printer from us, you also get this free spool of printing material value 150 bucks or whatever the value is. Now, when someone buys, you're gonna know to ship them that as well, but your cost is $50 and that just increased your conversion rate. So highly recommend doing that and showing that off on your product pages as well. So moving right along, tip 14 is incorporating what I call product Q&As onto your product pages. And you can like basically think of these as mini discussion boards regarding the product on the product pages. And this will allow customers to actually see this little box. It says Q&A. And if they have a question like, hey, what's the, you know, maximum, how long does it take to print, I don't know, a 3D doorknob, right? Then like they can ask that and then you'll get notified as the site owner and you can answer that question. And then that question and answer will live on that product page. And what's cool about this is it builds over time. So you'll get more questions. You can answer more of them. And that's going to help future visitors that have those same questions to see the answers right there. Not only that, it's going to build up your organic traffic, which isn't really related to this video, but that is unique content. It's unique questions, unique answers that are gonna help Google put you higher in the list. So definitely do that. And again, to, to get the ball rolling and not just have a bunch of blank question and answer sections on your product pages, try to think about what customers might wanna know and just ask the question yourself and answer it yourself. Or look at your emails and see what people are asking via email and then go to your product page and ask it as a question there and answer it there also. Again, to get the ball rolling, to let people know that they can actually use this and that you will be responsive. So, um, and I told you guys, this was gonna be a lot, right? So if you don't have a store yet, you're probably like, I don't even know what to do or how to start. Again, dropshipwebinar.com. It'll take you through this step-by-step. Step. But let's move on to tip number 15, which is to use live chat. So probably familiar with live chat, little button in the bottom of the screen. Visitor can click it if they have a question. They can ask. They can get an answer in real time and help turn that visitor into a customer. I highly recommend you have this. And just so you really know how good this works, we have a member of Dropship Lifestyle that posted in our Facebook group. She was watching TV one night, got a live chat on her phone, responded to it as she was watching TV, and closed a $24,000 sale. So it's worth it. If live chat wasn't there, they might have went to the next website 
website, place that huge order with them. And finally, tip 16 is to make sure you're using something for exit intent overlays. What that means is if somebody's on your store, it's, you did everything that I just mentioned, but still they're not ready to buy, they move their mouse towards the top right of the screen to X out, you wanna have a window appear over the screen that gives them a call to action to enter their email address. Maybe it's for a coupon code, maybe it's to win a product, whatever that may be, but you wanna give them a chance to enter their email so that you can follow up and help turn that visitor into a customer. So as always guys, I hope you found this episode helpful. If you make these changes to your e-commerce store and your product page, I can literally guarantee you that you're going to have more sales and that you're going to have a higher conversion rate. If you wanna know exactly how we build highly profitable semi-automated stores, be sure to check out dropshipwebinar.com. Again, I'll post a link in the description. And if you know anybody that needs to hear this message, somebody that runs an e-commerce store or is thinking about it, please do me a favor, share this with them so that they can benefit from this as well. So thank you everybody. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you in the next episode of the podcast. See ya.